Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. All right, you can be seated, everybody. You can be seated. Uh, Pray for Pastor Spencer. He said to me, can we pray for the weather to, temperature to drop in Montreal? Because they're getting freezing rain and he doesn't want any freezing rain because they've got to get to church. So if you think of Montreal, pray that the weather drops so they get snow in Jesus' name. But uh, all of our campuses have got Christmas services and uh, lots are happening. I love uh, in Zambia, in our church there, Pastor Liam and Lisa and Justin uh, went to one of the children's hospitals and uh, just took, uh, I think there's 100, 150 children. They took gifts to all the children who are in the hospital. And so Get a couple of photos there, guys, of that. Yeah, that's uh, Pastor Liam talking to uh, the staff there with our team of Santas. Okay, next one. Keep going. <laughs> Pastor Liam. I do love a Zambian Santa, I've got to say. Next one. And uh, there we go, our team and some of the uh, doctors and nursing stuff there. And then got the next one with just with just there. There's Justin, for those who know my original sponsor, Child with Compassion, who is now a staff pastor at Global Heart Church. And originally sponsored by Sue and I as a child, and now he's a great man and a great part of our staff. But anyway, so what's happened is we found out over Christmas that uh, what they were doing uh, meal-wise was okay. It wasn't so good. So our team has come in and they are getting uh, all meat brought in. In, salads, potatoes, everything. And we're going to be looking after and feeding all the children and all the staff over Christmas as well. And I just thought that was really nice from our uh, family in Zambia. So give the Lord a hand for that. That's so good. So good. And uh, lots of families and schools and all kinds of people have been really helped with all the hampers. So thanks everybody for your giving through Wrap It Up. Uh, I know you've been a huge blessing to many, many people. And as you heard, different community groups who just are so grateful to us. And I know that if we could go, if we could keep recording them, there's so many that want to say thank you so much because we're helping uh, a lot of families who are in real need at Christmas time. So well done, everybody. Well done. Wow. Well, so good. I'm going to read to you from the scripture that has been the passage all weekend, really. So let me just read it to you again, because I think the Lord's trying to just get us to also get it. (laughs) And in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, it says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government peace, there will be no end. Bible tells us when Jesus was born, and Isaiah here prophesying 700 years before, by the way. And uh, for those who don't know, once again, just the detail of everything around Christmas is stunning. The fact that uh, Isaiah here prophesied this 700 years before Jesus' birth, prophesies that he'd be born in Bethlehem. There's 300 prophecies. For anybody who gets into it and starts looking, you will go, oh my goodness, this is the most strategic plan of God to bring salvation to you and I. You, I know you planned your bathroom, you planned your house build, you planned a couple of things in your life, your study, but God had a strategic plan for Jesus to be, as it were, shot forth in the fullness of time, born in Bethlehem, prophesied that that would be the the case and that He would be born, hello, and come to earth, listen, on a strategic mission from His strategic Father, listen, for you, for you. 
And the Bible tells us that He is wonderful. Listen, you need to know Jesus is wonderful. And if you don't know Him, you don't walk with Him, can I encourage you, make a decision this Christmas to get to know God because I don't know how people live without this wonderful Saviour. I don't know how they get through their lives without their wonderful Saviour. Well, I do know many people are medicated to try and do life. They're doing all kinds of things to try and survive life. When in fact, God wants you to know Him. He wants you to walk with Him in His great love. And, uh, and I'll tell you, this wonderful Saviour is wonderful and your, your life will be full of wonder when you walk with Him. And when you begin to glean and understand even more of what this is all really about, this Christmas day and Jesus' birth and His coming. Bible says to be our counsellor. I talked about that last night. I love that. Wherever you come from, there will be people right now, you're in our service now and you are stuck in your life. You're in a broken spot. You don't know how to get out of it. You don't know how to get forward. You don't know how am I gonna financially get forward? How am I gonna deal with this? How can I get free? Listen, the average counselling appointment now is between $200 and $300 and is it an hour, I think. It's about $300 an hour. That's what I should have done. Anyway, no. <laughs> it's about $300 an hour. And then the Bible tells us He's the counsellor. He's the counsellor. If you need help, I want to encourage you, stick around. Do what I did 40 years ago when I was not from a Christian background, made a decision to follow Christ. Amen. And the broken life I had, I would be definitely be an addiction today. I would possibly be not on the planet. I would definitely be a very sick, broken person. But I got, became a Christian, prayed a prayer, got into God's house. And as I got into God's house, every week when the pastor preached, I got counsel. <laughs> Everybody, I'm giving you a private counseling session right now, but it's in a group setting. <laughs> and uh, every week I got counsel that began to help me. The, Pennies would start to drop. I'd like, oh, wow, I never saw that. Oh, wow, I never had that perspective. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know this. There was so much I didn't know and it was coming at me and it was bringing wisdom to my life. And I could see even at the end of my, uh, sorry, early 20s, I was like starting to go make changes. And, uh, and, you know, I was getting wisdom and I'd just do little changes. And I'd also be reading the Bible myself. Now, thank goodness for my Bible app. I love Bible app. Get a Bible app. Hear the Bible every morning. Start your day with the Bible app. So good. I've got one that's really dramatic. I love it. Anyway, <laughs> and you get the Word of God into you and you hear the Word of God and it counsels you. God started counselling me. And then because the Holy Spirit now lives in you and you have a conscience. Did you know you have a conscience? What is a conscience? Conscience, uh, con is with, science is knowledge. It means that you have been born with knowledge. That's why how God, you know in your life, don't do that. Who told you not to do it? Nobody. You just know, don't do that. Sometimes we go to do things and you feel like pull back from the edge. Why do you think that? God put it in you. God put it in you. So you with knowledge. I have knowledge. So now the Holy Spirit was in the middle of my conscience. And so He was counselling me, Jared, come this way. Come over here. I'm your counsellor. I'm going to help you. Come this way. And I was thinking, oh, I don't know. I struggle trusting people. And then, and then God would say to me, I know. He said, but I want you to begin to trust me. Little by little, I'm going to lead you out of that small life, that broken life, that fearful life. Hello, fear. So many people are full of fear. So many. God wants you to get you out of fear. He doesn't want you living in anxiety. He doesn't want you living in fear. And I said last night, and I'm not lying, I go to bed every night peaceful. 
Even in the middle of a storm, I go to bed every night. I give God everything. Give God my wife. Give God my kids. Give God my grandkids. Give God Patty, our caboodle. Give, I give God, God, here's everything. And I say, Lord, over to you. Over to you. The Bible says God gives His beloved sleep. And when you're His child, you're His beloved. And let God give you sleep. And I say, Lord, all the best with my problems. <laughs> because He's my counsellor. He's my father. And I love it. The Bible says He's a mighty God, so God can work mighty things. I got four decades with uh, my wife now to tell you God has been mighty. We have had challenges as Christians. We don't ever, when I hear pastors say, This is your year, it's going to be amazing every year. I'm like, Where do you live, bro? <sighs> Where do you live? I live on planet Earth. Problems come to Christians, not just to people who aren't Christians. But in the middle of it, in the middle of it, as I give it to God, Sue and I have watched for four decades. How did that turn around? How did that happen? How did that change? How did we get healed there? How did that bill get paid? How did that work? Why? How did it work? He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God, everybody. He's a mighty God. And for those of us who give Him room in our lives, then He moves. God's a gentleman. He waits. A lot of us don't see God move because He's waiting for an invitation. If you never give God an invitation, He'll just, He'll wait. You're like, where are you, God? He's like, I'm waiting. Lord, what are you doing? I'm waiting. Lord, why aren't you doing? I'm, I'm here. I'm just waiting to be invited in. If you invite Him in, everybody, things start to change. He's an everlasting father. Love that. He's your protector. Fathers are meant to protect their children. God has come to protect you. I reckon God has got between me and many situations that would have just taken me out. And then God said, I'll just get in the middle. He's got in the middle. He said, Jared, I got this fight. I got this battle. I got your back and I'm in front as well. Everybody, He's a protector. He's a provider. God will provide for you. Uh, I remember, and I told this story many times, soon I prayed, she's not from a Christian background either, both of us, massive broken homes. And then we just held hands and said, well, God, hope you work, hope it's true, hope the Bible's true, don't know, hope so. Now Sue and I are getting married, well, we're giving, it, giving our lives to you, show us, help us. Four decades later, Sue and I go, wow, wow, how did we get here? How did this happen? How are we who we are now from who we were, too insecure, broken, fearful, small thinking, poverty-minded. How did we, how, how? He's a mighty God and He's an everlasting Father. And the Bible tells us to whoever intercedes for us. I love that. God's praying for me. Jesus, no, Jesus is praying for me to the Father. He's interceding for me. He's praying for me. He's like, he's like Father, let Jared break through. Let Sue break through. Let them be blessed. Let the children be blessed. Let the grandchildren. He's interceding. Keep him on track, Father. Keep him walking towards you. God's praying for me. Can I encourage you? <laughs> that is such a confidence builder when you know that Jesus has got your back. And He's the Prince of Peace. So good. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Ah, oh, man. Jesus said, this peace I leave you. There's a peace the world can't give you. God brings a peace to you that is supernatural when you surrender to Him. For 40 years, I come to church and usually every service, I do it at home, but in, I'm doing it when I walk in the mornings, I walk and I pray. Even in church, I'm like, I stop and I'm like, Lord, I just surrender my heart to You now. Even in the worship in church, I just bring, I position my heart under You. 
every time. Say, Lord, I just position my heart. Lord, I just remove me from the centre and I put you there. Every time, peace comes. Every time. It's like this peace comes. I'll have something pressing. I'll have a challenge. I'll have something happen that week. You know, many times it's a fantastic week, right? Many mountaintops. But then suddenly you get like a surprise valley. And immediately the peace of God is there. Everybody, God wants to bring you peace. Not the peace the world gives you, which is short term. God's peace is eternal. It's long lasting. Started when I was nearly 20. And then from now on, I'm only 25. So it's <laughs> but the peace is long lasting and it's eternal and it's real. And you don't have to work it up, to be honest. You just have to position your heart. And how do you do that? You tell the Lord, Lord, I'm positioning my heart and I'm positioning it unto you. You know, Christmas is really powerful. It's much more powerful than we know because God has, I said, has this strategic plan. Did you know God is holy? Do you know God is holy? Think of yourself on your best day, your goodest day, and God is completely and perfectly holy. And He's also completely and perfectly just. He's just. He's a God of justice. He judges righteously, the Scripture says as well. So we need to know that we serve a a just God, a righteous God, but a God who is just and also just in judgment. And uh, in Genesis 3, He... uh, He said, and I will make enemies of you, talking to the devil, the serpent, and the woman, and of your offspring and her descendant. He shall bruise you on the head. God was speaking about Jesus bruising the serpent on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel, which we saw with what Jesus suffered in his persecution and the suffering that he would go through. But... God was speaking there and saying, listen, He's going to bruise you on, your, on the head. I have anointed Jesus to bring about salvation for you and for the world. Have you ever thought, everybody, why is it at Christmas that everybody tries to put nativity scenes away? It's so cute. I love a nativity scene. The one in our foyer, I keep going out there going, I love this. <laughs> I love it. But... It's an amazing spiritual thing that everybody wants to hide the nativity. Let's hide it. Shopping centres. Do we see nativity at the carol services? Hide the nativity. Why? Why would you hide such a sweet picture? Why is he hiding it? It makes no sense unless it's all-powerful. Makes absolutely no logical sense. I see nativity, I'm like, oh, (laughs) But they hide it. They don't want to take the nativity. Why? Because Jesus was born to stomp on the devil's head. <laughs> he was born to die. We heard that. I talked about that last night when they talked about Jesus being wrapped in swaddling clothes. Just a little thing there. You're like, what does that mean? And then you realise that where Jesus was born in Bethlehem, that outside the lands were ancestral Davidic lands where shepherds slash priests by night, watch over their flocks. That doesn't happen in the rest of Israel. That happens there. Watching by night because they're protecting the lambs from getting any blemish, hurting themselves, getting any wound. And they, when the, babies, the lambs are born, they wrap them up in swaddling clothes because they're going to be offered up in the temple as a sacrifice to God. And then Jesus is born and they wrap Him up in swaddling clothes. And only for those who are insightful looking on, you suddenly realise, oh my gosh, this is because 
God said Jesus would be the final lamb who would take away the sins of the world for all time, for eternity. Listen, God is holy and God is just. As somebody who goes to Rwanda every year, and we look after 1,300 children there through compassion, who we love, those children have become our children. When I go to Rwanda, I'm always, there's this thing in me, probably from childhood, justice, justice for the Rwandan people, justice. But I can't bring them justice and it's not my job. But everybody, you still need to know there's a just God. When you go to court, there's no one who goes to a court of law and goes, I want the other side to win. (laughs) Let them win. Somebody attacks your family, takes your house, burns it down, damages your child, damages you. You don't go, oh, it's fine. It's good, go again. You want justice, don't you? No? Who wants justice? We want justice. God is a God of justice. And so He's holy, He's all loving. And he, know, he has, he, He's holding true to Himself, to His character, to His nature, that He's a holy God who designed us to have relationship with Him, yet we rebelled against Him. And so God said, the final sacrifice by which all of mankind can be saved will be Jesus coming in the form of a babe. And, and the Bible tells us that Jesus would be the lamb that would die on the cross so that you could be saved, have eternal life. Jesus is paying the debt you should be paying. You're guilty. You're guilty. I'm guilty. All of us have sinned. All of us have rebelled against this holy God. We don't actually know what holiness is. We have no real understanding. We actually don't understand justice. We just know we want it if something goes wrong for us, but we don't really get it. We don't get righteousness. We don't understand how righteous and holy God is. We don't get it. But God gets it. And so I, was, I went to Easter today on Christmas Sunday. <laughs> Isaiah 53 verse 10. I was like, ah, oh, well, Lord. Well, Father, it says, yet it pleased the Lord, Father God, to bruise him Jesus. It says he, listen to this, it says he, Father God, has put Jesus to grief. Why would the Father put this beautiful baby to grief? Because it's always been his strategic plan. It has always been his detailed step-by-step strategic plan. You say, but why? It's because He wants you in relationship with Him. Why did God do it? Imagine God allowed Jesus to go through all of that. Why? So that you didn't have to. So that you didn't have to die. So that you weren't cut off in eternity from God. So that you weren't separated from Him. So that you don't die twice. You're only meant to die once in the flesh. And the Bible says... To be absent from the body for the Christian is to be present with the Lord. Wow. So imagine that. God put it on him. It says he put him to grief. He put it on him. Why? Why would God do that? Because he's holy. We don't get it. We don't understand it. I don't understand it. Because he's so just. 
I don't get that how just He is, but He's so just. He's the God of justice because He's righteous. I don't get it because I'm not right. I'm made righteous, but I'm not righteous. I don't get it. Why did He do it? Why did He do it? Why would you send Jesus to be born, to be conceived, to come to earth, to feel our pain, to feel our suffering, to go through what we went through? Why? Listen, everybody, here's why. Because of His great love for you. Because of His great love for you. That's why. And that's why the devil is like, put the nativity scene in the cupboard at Lakeside. And they got it out the cupboard. Bless them. Tell them, thank you. Put it away at the Christmas carols. Hide it. Hide it. Why? Because the devil knows the only way you and I can have eternal life and live again in God's presence is through that nativity scene. So the devil will work day and night, a beautiful little scene with a cow in the corner and a, you know, and a baby in the middle and they're like, hide it. Why? Because it's not them hiding it, it's the enemy. He's like, don't get near it. Don't get near it. Don't get near it. Why? Because in Jesus' birth and His coming to die is your life. Eternal life. Eternal life. Come on, God's... God did this because His love is great for you. His love is great for you. Down the back, His love is great for you. In the middle, His love is great for you. Down the front, His love is great for you. Over on the side, His love is so great for you that He sent Jesus to pay the cross for you, uh, pay the price for you on the cross. How great is God's love? And God wants you and I, this Christmas, everybody, to receive His salvation. Can I encourage you? It comes when we just open our heart. All those years ago, 40 years ago, I just opened my heart to God, prayed a prayer saying, God, I don't know if you're real, but if you're real, come into my life and save me. And that Christmas, Jesus came in, saved me and turned my life around where I walk with this wonderful God who counsels me, who is my everlasting Father, who is mighty in every situation and who is the Prince of Peace filling my life with peace. But most importantly, and all importantly, He's the God who saved me and has given me eternal life. And this Christmas, He wants to give you this eternal life. Can somebody say a big, big Amen? Come on, can somebody say a big Amen on Christmas Day? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.